Welcome to Game of Books with Kathy in South Dakota. That's me. And Christy in South Florida. That's me. We're two newbie writers sharing our take on wine, food, and mystery books. And the authors who write them. Join us for the fun. Hi, Christy and all you mysterious foodies out there. It's been a long day of writing and editing, and I can't wait to open this bottle of wine and have a real-life conversation with uh, real people instead of the fictional ones from my book. So, Christy, tell us what wine you picked today. Okay, so my under $20 bottle of wine in the one that you found up there and me found, me found I found down here, me found. <laughs> is the Layer Cake Shiraz. And it is mm. from South Australia, which is one place I'd love to go, I have to say. Oh, I would too. Yeah, I <laughs> would too. Since we're going to places with our books, we might as well go to places with our wines too. Absolutely. I support that a lot. <laughs> okay. So anyway, let me tell you a little bit about the um, Shiraz while you take a sip and see what you think of it. Um, mm. The tasting notes say the aromas of cocoa, warm spice, and dark fruit are very powerful from the first whiff, which I agree. In the mouth, mm-hmm. the wine is layered with rich blackberry, dark cherries, and hints of dark, creamy chocolate ganache. <laughs> <laughs> and the finish lingers on, hanging on to your palate while the fruit and spice flavors slowly change and fade. So what do you think? Oh, well, okay. I can't decide if this is because I, I was researching a recipe earlier today that was a chocolate cake, ironically, with blackberries on it. So mm. that's kind of in my brain. I know. I was thinking about that for Valentine's Day. But oh, nice. um, I can kind of... <laughs> Yeah, I can kind of taste the blackberry, like that really heavy fruit, the dark fruit that it mentioned. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can smell it, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then... What about the chocolate mm, or the mocha or the... I think the cocoa is... Chocolate ganache. I was kind of like cocoa. I, I was kind of zeroing in on a little cocoa flavor. Yeah. I'm not great at this. I mean, I, <laughs> if, if you hadn't read that description to me, I probably could not have said, oh, cocoa. But now that you've said it, it's in my brain, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I can actually kind of taste that. So, so yeah, it's regardless. yummy, I think. I think it is yummy. It's yummy. Yes. That is a very nice glass of wine. I'm yeah. So the um, winemaker is Jason Woodbridge, and he's the winemaker and founder. Mm-hmm. And um, he has this quote that he has on, on the bottles of wine as well as on the website where he says, My grandfather taught me about wine at an early age. He told me the soil in which the vines lived were like a layer cake, and the wine, if properly made, was like my grandmother's cake with layers of fruit, mocha, chocolate, hint of spice, and rich. Always rich. Never pass up on a layer cake, he would say. I always loved those words. Oh. My mouth is watering thinking about all that stuff. I know. And I... Agree with his philosophy wholeheartedly. Yeah. You never pass up on dessert or wine. It That is a lovely sentiment. Yeah. It really makes you want to... I, I like enjoying products, wine, from people who have that kind of sentiment. That's very nice. Yeah. And also, I have a lovely. little tidbit for the foodies out there. Um, mm. They're actually, on their website, they have a chef and author, Alyssa Kremian. I believe is how you pronounce it, pronounce it. And um, she matches the layer cake Shiraz with one of her mason jar desserts. 
And huh. she says the mint hot chocolate mousse, I guess that's the dessert that's in a mason jar. Um, it is reminiscent of her last year of college where she purchased a large iced peppermint mocha every single day before class. <laughs> <laughs> and then she said, it's a surprise my blood pressure wasn't through the roof. After finally overcoming my severe caffeine addiction, I decided it would be easier on my blood pressure and my wallet to enjoy a chilled peppermint chocolate dessert on occasion rather than indulge on a daily beverage. So then now she has this dessert over coffee every day, and I guess she must be drinking the wine with it because she paired it. So enjoy. So a mason jar dessert. Mm -hmm. Have you ever made one of those? I have not. I have not made one, but I've had one before. And that could be a southern thing, too, because, you know, I mean, I don't know. Do you guys can things up there? I don't know. Oh, goodness, yes. Okay, so mason jars are all over. (laughs) I don't. I love cooking, but canning is kind of where I I draw the line. Like, I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't think I have any interest. It just is a lot of work. But, no, in the fall, like the harvest and people are... Busy, busy, busy doing all that. Yeah. But, and I, you know, I've seen a lot of mason jar. I think it's become, you know, it's kind of a um, very in vogue thing right now. I went I to a wedding where they had everything, like they had like shrimp and grits in a mason mason jar. So, oh. yeah. yeah. I have never, I have never um, done anything, but we also went to a, a graduation last year where they mm-hmm. had very cute, that was the theme, was a mason jar graduation. Oh. And I thought, oh. I'm thinking now that we're talking about this, I'm thinking maybe that might be for my um, dad's 80th birthday party. I don't know. That sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? I think that sounds really fun, actually. Um, I I have seen um, like lunches in mason (laughs) mason jars, you know, where you can kind of like you put the beans in and veggies and Mm -hmm. rice or whatever. And I've always thought that was very convenient. I don't know if I would. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter what container it's in, I guess. But. Well, anyway, I want to check out that website and look at some of those recipes. That sounds great. Okay. All right. So um, I'm going to have another sip, and I'll ask you what's new on your end, Kathy. Okay. I'm going to have a sip, too, while I ponder that. <laughs> mm. It has a lovely, lovely glass of wine. Um, okay. So two <laughs> things I should update you on. One, I loved the comment from the author that you chose for last week's book, Carla Norton. She um, was the author of Edge of Normal, which we discussed last week. That was your selection last week. And we talked about um, biscuits and how kind of as a Southern thing. And I really enjoyed that conversation. (laughs) Super yummy. And um, Carla had kindly um, commented on our Facebook post um, that her grandmother made the best biscuits on earth. And I just love that, that, that she had such a heartwarming story about her grandmother and growing up in New Mexico and um, that that's where her, you know, love of biscuits came in. And I just thought that was a full circle moment. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that. I love I hearing that kind that's, of stuff. That's really, yeah. that is, because, I mean, we are doing food in books. So I'm thinking that a lot of the food in these books probably might be related to something that happened to these authors or something they grew up with. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Well, I love that. Maybe not all of it, you know. 
but right well because <laughs> so some of the stuff we've been discussed is kind of crazy but um okay and so the second update i have for you is that you have been mm-hmm. reminding me very kindly to get registered for Sunfest, <laughs> and i have been mm-hmm. a little bit remiss in being on top of it and i finally got registered so Sloopfest registration. I can't believe you, Miss Organization. <laughs> you did it. I knew you were going to come, though. I did, I but I it because you yeah. told me. But yeah, I finally forced so myself to get good. that done. Yeah, so I'm excited. Good. I know, and I mean, there's registration is still open because it's not till March, and mm-hmm. we're going to be there they podcasting will. away. But um, did you notice who the um, forensic keynote speaker was? I didn't. It's um, E.J. Wagner, and she's the author of The Science of Sherlock Holmes. So she's like this specialist of Sherlock Holmes. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So th- I think that'll be really good. She's she is apparently very, you know, very much an animated person. So it'll be an interesting luncheon, and it will be probably not as... <laughs> Uh, not as yeah not as kind of gross i guess we could say graphic maybe graphic graphic graphic's (laughs) a better word you know because everybody has a different level of grossness so graphic is so we should probably explain to our (laughs) listeners that that one of the awesome tracks at Soothfest is this um forensics track and they last year was my only year there with you and they had this wonderful speaker Catherine ramsland talking about Mm -hmm. her research into serial killers while we were enjoying lunch. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So, you know, uh, didn't stop the mystery writers. (laughs) Nobody really seemed to be conflicted on eating and hearing about, um, you know, bodies. Well, I got to tell you the year before it was even worse because it was like a coroner. It was a famous coroner. And I, I don't have his name right at hand, but mm-hmm. he was actually showing graphic pictures from crime scenes. Oh my! Yeah, more <laughs> than I've ever seen in my life. But it was really, you know. It, but honestly, it wasn't too bothersome to most people because we're a little See, bit warped. I think if you're willing to write about that, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you got to understand that mystery is a broad range. So there's not everybody yes. like me that is writing about a serial killer. There's the cozy mysteries that are probably yeah. going, oh, my gosh. No, you can't sit- show us that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but That's it was pretty shocking. Yeah. But again, we all ate. So. <laughs> well, I. so what was her name again? The, the one for this year? E.J. Wagner. And she's okay. like the foremost um, historian on uh, the science of Sherlock Holmes. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. So um, you, I'm going to go check it out at sleuthfest.com if anybody else is interested. I'm going to yep. go yep. look that up Sounds tonight. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, I think we should take another sip of wine. And I'm dying to hear uh, about the mystery you picked and the food in your mystery this this week. Sounds good. I have to say that um, I didn't totally intend it to be, but we're going on a sleuth fest theme here because the book I chose is Ice Blonde, came out last year by by Elaine Vietz. Okay. And she just happens to be one of the authors that's going to be at sleuth fest, teaching some workshops and, you know, hobnobbing with us. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And uh, so she has written 32 mysteries. 
So she's pretty prolific. She wow. and on her but on her website it's a mystery for every mood. Cool. So she does not only uh, like cozy mysteries, but she also does some hard boiled mysteries, as she phrases phrases them. So she did like four hard-boiled mysteries to start out. And then um, she wrote the dead-end job mysteries. And I think there was like 15 of those. And those are like cozies. Yeah. And then she did the mystery shopper series. And there's 10 of those. Oh, my goodness. She's prolific. I know. And she's also done darkly humorous short stories that have appeared in several anthologies. Wow. I know. So she, and she's won a bunch of awards, the Agatha Award, oh, wow. Queen of Crime. Um, she's won Lefty Awards, Anthony Award. Uh, she's also won two local Emmys in St. Louis because she had a, like a TV program. And she did radio shows. Oh, cool. I know. So, I mean, fingers crossed, maybe we can rope her into like doing an interview. Oh my gosh. I was just going to say, I can't wait to hear from her because I, I just would love to hear about what kind of skills or techniques, I guess, she uses to produce that amount of writing. I mean, that's just a really impressive. I know it's, it's, it's pretty impressive. So anyway, so that, um, that leads me into talking about this particular book. Okay. So it's Ice Blonde, and this is one. Of, this is one that's more on the dark side. Okay. So she wanted to return to the dark side, to more hard, hard-headed forensics, and so she actually took a course, um, a medicological death investigators training course. Oh wow! For forensic professionals, given by St. Louis University School of Medicine. So she went and did you know this hard course and then her main character is a death investigator named Angela Rickman in this particular series so this is um actually it's a novella I didn't realize because I got it on Kindle you know you never know when you're getting things but then when I went and got it from the bookstore I realized it you know I was just thought I was getting faster at reading but it's not (laughs) quite as long as look at me (laughs) I've read an entire book (laughs) I know that was like so impressive. I'm so glad you, by but, the way, yeah, but, I mean, there about was... the Kindle and then buying the book because I just, I literally just did that last night. I was reading a book on Kindle really? and I had to order it on, I had to order it in, um, I have to have it in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, it, you know, I, I kind of feel that mm-hmm. way too. And especially when I'm talking about it and I want to look yeah. at it. Um, but I do like reading on the Kindle because, at, you know, in the middle of the night, it's much easier than getting lights on and all that kind of stuff. So I'm kind of like, um, I'm a hybrid. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, so Angela, the main character, um, she lives in this um, fictional mythological county in near St. Louis. And um, she believes the dead can talk and it's her job to examine photograph and document their bodies so they can tell her how and when they die oh so that's a really cool premise. A really cool premise yeah and i don't i know she doesn't literally mean the dead are talking to her mm-hmm. but i was wondering about you kathy <laughs> like do you think that like the dead can talk to us i mean not maybe verbally but like you know how sometimes somebody has a sign like oh i saw this blue butterfly every year on my great aunt's birthday who used to wear a blue butterfly brooch 
So I know it's her talking to I, me. I, do you think that kind of thing I happens? Do. I believe wholeheartedly in that, actually. I really do. Yeah, I do. Really? Do you have any examples? or? I do, not, but I have to be right careful because head, but... um, I'm not sure okay. that my, <laughs> But my younger daughter has mm-hmm. long head, when she was younger, um, would... Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband unfortunately lost his brother and when he was young and oh. my young daughter would uh-huh. tell me that she was uh hearing uh talking to uncle wayne and <gasps> you're kidding me no i'm not and it still gives me shivers and she was um and it was just a really positive lovely thing and uh mm-hmm. that has uh continued for her so on occasion well that's kind of cool it is and it's really just so... a lovely thing and i so I, I view that as a very, you know, when people can have interactions, I view it as a very uh, warm, positive, hopeful sign. So, yes, mm-hmm. I do believe that. Well, good. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence. I yeah. don't know. I've never had a particular experience like that. But um, I don't discount that people do have the experiences. Right. But, yeah, you know, sometimes it could be, I mean, I'm like, oh, it might be a coincidence. <laughs> Right, right. But that one was pretty specific. But, you know, I still like, okay, well, maybe somebody, you know, because your subconscious can do a lot of interesting things anyway. That's true. And, I, you know, I think there's more that we certainly don't comprehend and don't understand than what we do. And so I think I'm open to things right. outside of my right. experience, let's say, because it's not like I... Okay. You know, but anyway. Well, I can tell you that I live in a place that used to be um, a school, like a boarding school. Okay. This, this building. So we might have some ghosts that we can talk to while you're here. Are, you know, is that no. the building you're living in now that I'm coming to visit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. No, I mean, it's not, it's not that old because nothing in Florida is that old one. <laughs> so probably, and I can't imagine that there was anybody that actually died in the school, but <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> well, it's interesting you said that because I'm, the, the book that I'm reading, uh, one of the books I'm reading right now, oh, from another Sleuthfest author, by the way, that's interesting, mm. um, has kind of a, a building that has, you know, something uh, within it. So I'll be anxious to discuss that with you mm. next week. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Yeah. Oh, I already know now. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <Can't wait. laughs> so um, anyway, I should get to the food. Too. Yes, yes, yes. So so in this, in Ice Blonde, Angela Rickman, the death investigator, she's like 41. And she's had this, she's had sort of a troubling, I guess, few years because two years earlier she had six strokes a coma and a brain surgery oh my so that was pretty traumatic and her husband had a fatal heart attack we don't you know this is just dropped because i didn't want read the the previous books but anyway i'm just giving you the backstory mm-hmm. because in this little um excerpt that i'm gonna read she talks about being on medication so that's why okay. because of the strokes and stuff Okay, so she she's gets a, and this also explains why we have this wine. Okay, so her metal, medical examiner friend invites her over and says, let's work on a bottle of Shiraz. And Angela says she can't drink anymore because of her meds, but Shiraz goes well with chocolate. I'll stop for some. And then the other lady says, well, the chocolate shop at West Forest Mall is leaving, is having a clearance sale. I like dark chocolate, except ants and crickets. 
And then the, the you know, Angela's like, you ate chocolate covered bugs? Oh my God. And she's like, hell no. Some idiot thought I might, uh, because I encounter gruesome things in my job, I'd enjoy alternative protein. <laughs> I don't eat anything that can be killed with a can of Raid. Alternative protein? Which, <laughs> That's yes. Awesome. So have you ever had any alternative no, protein? I have not. Like, yeah, it doesn't count if it's accidental, though. You might have, <laughs> yes. like, if you, when you were on your motorcycle <laughs> or something. But I have not. You've never had I have not. Have you? Well, yeah. What? I don't think I have. Oh, you have. haven't. I really don't. I know. But, you know, in October, it's National Chocolate-Covered Insect Day. It's not a thing. So I'm thinking that in October, we no, might have to have I some. I am going to not do that, I think. <laughs> But I will be happy to engage well, with you while you do it. But I am not interested. Well, they're 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 roasted <laughs> first. So insects are roasted to perfection, <laughs> then coated in chocolate. No. And cricket and crickets and ants are the most popular variety, and most people think they taste like chocolate covered popcorn. <sighs> no. Yeah, so you can get these online. And in some countries like China and Thailand, chocolate covered insects are a delicacy. In South Africa, caterpillars without the chocolate are an important source of... You know what? My daughter did eat caterpillars, I think, or worms. Just on this last trip? When she was in South Korea. Yeah, when she was... I know. I mean, I think if I was somewhere... Yeah, I can't remember. I hope. Okay, I'm going to say I hope. I hope if I was somewhere where it was a delicacy or something that someone was serving me that I would have the courage, (laughs) the wherewithal to (laughs) put it in my mouth and... And try it but i just um i think i could do think it so i'm not sure i could yeah i don't know i think i could i mean if they're roasted and covered in chocolate i mean yeah. you might, might not even know you know <laughs> they taste like popcorn no. i mean i eat lobster those are they're like not the cutest things you know, close yeah. to like big bugs <laughs> in the water you know shrimp yes that's true that's true we had shrimp last night actually it was delicious Oh, yeah. See? So somebody had to first eat that, too, I guess. Uh, <laughs> oh, she ate, she ate pupa oh, in South Korea. Oh, that is somehow worse. She ate silkworm pupa. No. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she, she, she ate it, experience. man. And I've got pictures. And she said it was, she just did big bites of it. And she said it was fine. <laughs> it was good. I was like, okay. <laughs> that looked a little creepy to yeah. me. I, I. It wasn't covered in chocolate. Um. <laughs> I'm going to say if it's an optional thing, like I wouldn't go online and order them. Uh, maybe I'll order no, some. No, would you please? And I won't tell you. I'll be like, would you like some bedtime so chocolates? you serve me some roasted bugs then, uh, in your haunted house? So <laughs> you're telling me? <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to come. Don't change your yeah, flight. Yeah, I was going to say, I hope there's a blizzard. <laughs> All of a sudden she's like. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, so that's it for Ice Blonde today by Elaine Veets. And um, it was a very good read. I really enjoyed it. It's kind of humorous. It wasn't like gruesomely mm-hmm. dark or anything, even though when you say death investigator, you would think. But um, and, it, and it actually had a, a lot of um, interaction with young adults, which was yeah. fun for me because, you know, I like... Right, for well, I think Sleuthfest should think about having Elaine anyway. uh, Veets back next year as a forensic um, guest because it sounds like she's really well trained. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> we'll mm-hmm. see how it goes, right? Maybe we can have the inside. If she does an interview, we can put her on the track. <laughs> no, anyway. You're full of good ideas today. 
All right. So I want to. I know. I want to okay. hear your book now. Because I need to All drink right. some of my wine. Oh, after I do too. I do too. I'm going to take a quick, quick drink here. Okay. So yeah. I, I brought up one of my favorite books um, that I have read in the last, I mean, I'm going to say like decade. It's just one of my favorite books. And it was published in 2012. So it's not a recent book. No, yeah, it's, but not. it's not that old. And, I mean, um, the author's name is William Landy or Landay, L A N D A Y, and he has written L A N. Would you say Land Landay Landay? And he um, wrote a book called okay. Defending Jacob. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I I hadn't picked it up for a while, but I have recommended it to so many people over the years. But I looked at the back cover. And man, he got some mm-hmm. seriously good um, endorsements for his book at uh, on the back cover, and I was like, "Oh, that's right, this is so fantastic." Um, cool. Lee Child said, "Defending Jacob is smart, sophisticated, and suspenseful, capturing both the complexity and stunning fragility of family life." And I mean, it just goes on. Right. He's got Nicholas Sparks, and he's got, I mean, just wow. really top authors. Lisa Gardner it just goes. Lisa Unger. It just goes on and on, mm-hmm. um, with good reason. Oh, wow. It's a it's a great great read. It is a, um, mm-hmm. I would say it's a, a like a, a trial, like a, a legal thriller, kind of mm-hmm. a John like, Gr- his John Grisham's previous stuff. Okay. You know maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so the the basic premise is the main character is a prosecutor, mm-hmm. like a career prosecutor. Um, his name is mm-hmm. Andy Barber. And um, they live in Massachusetts, and he has been um, the ADA, the assistant district attorney there for, you know, 20-some years. And well-respected, okay. you know, the whole whole thing. Um, his son, who's 14, is accused of murder. And Ooh. obviously it turns their entire world upside down. Um, it's mm-hmm. incredibly dramatic. It really reminded me of Presumed Innocent, if you can kind of remember that. Did you ever read the... Scott Turow book. Yes. Uh, okay. Very yes. much in that, like, like your life is just falling apart and you can't believe uh, it. And it just yeah. turns everything upside down. So before I get to the food scene, though, I did want to mention, and I've been wanting to talk about this with you because I just remember it being such a good book. And so mm-hmm. I, I Googled the author, um, went to his website and to see if he's had anything else out. Cause I thought, you know, I, I would have been surprised if I hadn't caught it. Cause I really, really like this writer right he hasn't published anything since but defending jacob this book is in production right now for a eight-part movie series um oh yeah so i'm very excited about it and it is it looks like apple has picked it up like apple tv so apple tv that's interesting yes i don't really understand how do you watch that i don't know um, it said, we'll have to ask our editor. Yeah, he would know all things tech. And it, it says that Apple has given it a straight-to-series order consisting of eight episodes. Um, cool. Yeah, so wherever it is. It, That's and that my was dream. Just yes. a few, <laughs> that was just a few months ago. So it must be in production. And, and main character, this um, prosecutor, mm-hmm. this Andy Barber, is me played by an actor that's really well-known. His name's Chris Evans. And um, okay. he's played Captain yeah. America. <laughs> yeah, Chris Evans. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they oh, have yeah. some really I'll big... watch for him. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be torture by any means. But they have some really good, you know, actors involved. And I thought, oh, how cool. I'm so glad this is coming 
to the screen because it is I know. such a good Perfect. book. And I thought, can I you know, imagine? I definitely want to read it now. Yeah. So, but can you imagine that? Like that kind of, I no, guess, experience? I can't. I would love, well, I can. I, I sort of fantasize about it. but <laughs> About having your book come to the screen? Yeah. Oh, Christy, that's yeah. so great. I can see Gator Moon be cool? being made. I can. I know, because it was conceived by mm-hmm. a filmmaker, the whole idea. Well, that so did occur to me. It should become, <laughs> should become a limited series one day. Yeah, I think in Netflix. And, and all the listeners can say, I listened to her back then <laughs> and now. Well, her book's made into a limited series. Yes, so I thought that was pretty cool. And six years yes, later, too, is which cool. is so neat. So I wonder how long it has been optioned yeah. or, you know, how all that works. I have no right. idea. Sometimes things are slow. That is true. We got to be patient. I think this industry telling myself while I'm querying. Yeah, (laughs) this industry is slow. I mean, the process is slow. It's it's just not a quick, um, you know, process by any means on any end of it. So, anyway, so onto the onto the food scene. Oh, good. Okay, so this family is going through, you know, just hell, right? Like it's just horrible. Their lives have completely imploded, and so maybe. Mm seven-eighths of the way through the book, something has happened so that the trial has resolved. I don't want to give away anything at all. Um, But this family is now able to get away. And, you know, they've been pariahs in their community for so long. And so for these months and months, this has been going on. So they decide, and kind of a whim, to book a vacation to Jamaica, like at an all-inclusive resort in Jamaica. And so, I know, that sounds kind of great, right? And it's... it's, um, Mm A fictional, I assume, resort called Waves. And um, mm-hmm. the mom writes, We ate ravenously. Meals were all-you-can-eat buffets, and we made up for months of under-eating. And then she goes on to talk about, you know, all the things, because they've been so tortured, and now they're just in this mm-hmm. kind of surreal place where there's constantly gorgeous food out, and they're drinking all these rum drinks and all this kind of thing. So my thought, my question right. to you is, what is your thought about all-inclusive resorts and their buffets? And have you ever been to one? And would you, if not? Well, no, I have not. But I have been on cruises, which are sort of the same mm-hmm. thing. Because, you know, the food's all there. And the, and the cruises I went on, the drinks were all free. You know, it was just all, well, they weren't free because you paid for yeah. the cruise. But, um, but it was all-inclusive, I should say. And, um, you know, it's kind of nice. I'm not sure if I'm crazy about all buffet type things. I'd prefer, you know, to have, you know, sit down and be served rather than mm-hmm. buffet. I mean, occasionally I like buffet, but, you know, most of the time I'm like, okay. And I picture Jamaica with, like, flies and stuff. <laughs> Although, now that we're talking about alternative protein, oh. that might be a good idea. I don't know, but... <laughs> but yeah so I have not but I've often thought that would be the way to go you know if you if you just want to get away Mm -hmm. you know if you're not going necessarily for sightseeing or whatever I mean you can throw that in but if you just want to get away and relax and not have to think about anything then yeah that might be nice isn't Fort Lauderdale kind of a big cruise uh uh, yes. de- you know, departing place. Isn't that kind of what happens down there? Yeah. Right. That's interesting. Oh, I thought you were going to say, because my place is sort of like a cruise no, place, no. Uh, like a ship. No, what? Well, besides the bugs and the haunted, oh, no, the hauntedness no. of my place, there is, you know, a pool, an exercise room. Um, now you're, tr- you're just trying to make up for what you said about the living. ordering bugs and stuff. <laughs> 
you still I want do, to come I do. now because it's like going on a well, cruise. Listen, we have been to. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we do. We have a ton of cruises yeah. down here. And that's here. interesting. And we can go see the ships well, right by the airport. I have so never been on a cruise. Uh-huh. It hasn't really been, but we have as a family done many all-inclusive resorts, especially when the, my kids were younger. Oh, okay. Um, but what's interesting, the reason oh, I mentioned okay. it. So we have both. Yeah, it's interesting because, mm-hmm. um, but in, in especially in South Dakota at this time of year, and I'm looking outside, and there's literally I don't know a foot of snow, and you know it's horribly cold, and my husband's blown <laughs> snow the last three mornings in a row in sub-zero temperatures, really enjoying himself. Um, a lot uh, of South Dakotans or Midwesterners um, get out of here for the winter, and and I know all-inclusive resorts are. You know, kind of an easy choice because I mm-hmm. I think, I when I first heard of it, I was like, oh, it's kind of not very, I guess, creative, right? You know, just it's like you're buying kind of a package deal, like a McDonald's mm-hmm. thing. But I, when my kids were young, I thought it was so nice to know exactly what I paid. I didn't have to worry about how much they, mm-hmm. you know, wanted to try things and didn't like the food. And then you have to order something else. And, you know, so I thought they were kind of great. Yeah, it's it's really easy you know it makes things easy that's how yeah. cruises are it makes I it agree. easy for you so yeah so and yep. I, I we have a lot of friends around here that this cool. time you're escaping right now and with good reason because it's really cold so yeah. anyway i just thought that was funny okay. the uh, buffet <laughs> but you can see this family in such pain and then they just go and they're like like it's almost surreal for them to be at this happy place right. where everything's just easy and so i know that sounds like an interesting yeah, it really was. So that's it. So speaking of perspectives, well, I think it's time for my favorite <laughs> new segment. Okay. The writer's I'm perspective. About this too. So <laughs> when you asked me what we should talk about this week. So yeah, you I get did, to choose. And it. I yeah. definitely mm-hmm. thought about plot twists because this book, Defending Jacob, mm-hmm. certainly has a, a delicious plot twist. Um yeah, so oh. we're Delicious. Yeah, so we're talking okay. plot twists this week. Um, they're great in mysteries, very common in mysteries and thrillers, right? So plot twist, if you're listening mm-hmm. and you're not sure what that means, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's mm-hmm. kind of a, a radical change in direction or outcome of, of the story. So, you know, you're, you're, you're trucking along going one way and all yes. of a sudden something happens that all of a sudden it gets like, oh, okay. And so... It, yeah, I didn't, didn't see, see that, that coming. coming. And, I, um, <laughs> and it can be midway or it can be at the end. I mean, it can kind of happen anywhere. So mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, it can happen even in yeah. the beginning. And go, you can have several in your book. Yes. So Christy, what do, you, yeah, what do you think about plot twists? Any, any examples that you... I, I think I love them. And, and I think there's a lot of different ways you can you can incorporate them into your book. I mean, you know, you could just... I mean, be very subtle in your foreshadowing so nobody expects what's going to happen is going to happen. But, um, and another thing is, like, you could um, kill off a main character. That's always fun. That is. (laughs) (laughs) You laugh. That's always fun. I know. It is. It is. Well, but you got to be careful. I mean, like, um, George R.R. Martin does does this in Game of Thrones, okay? He, and I'm not going to spoil it, even though everybody should have already seen this. I haven't. But Sorry. there is a main character, you know, you get you get indoctrinated into his, his twisted mind very early because um, 
you know, you're fall in love with a character and all of a sudden the next scene, you know, his head gets chopped mm-hmm. off or something. Well, that's, isn't that what makes so, it so good is when you really fall in love with them and then they ch- kill him off? It's like, oh. Yeah. 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 As long as you don't just go hog wild because that could be just like, you know, watching a slash or reading a slasher <laughs> movie yeah. or something, you know, and then it's just comical because, oh, everybody keeps dying. But, um, but as long as it propels the script forward or mm-hmm. the um, book forward, um, then, you know, that's a good way to be a good twist. You know, I've, you know, I've heard that. Nobody's ever expecting that. I've heard this about Shonda Rhimes, you know, the, the television writer. That mm-hmm. she uh-huh. is uh, known for this, that no one is safe, that any, you know, even huge actors or actresses come to the table read every week or, and, and don't know if they're going to... Holding their breath. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to have a job. Like, am I going to die <laughs> yeah, this week? Exactly. Please, please, I want to live. Yeah. Well, so one yeah. of my, um, you mentioned, I know you love Game of Thrones and I have to start re- watching those. I am, I am remiss. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just, it's just a, a great escape Mm -hmm. you know what I mean it's a great escape and it's just so like so many twists that you're just like the whole time going I have no idea what's gonna happen were you terribly starstruck last summer when he was at Thriller Fest yes (laughs) but we didn't we didn't ever no really we didn't we kind of saw his poster because we left too early this year this year will stay Mm -hmm. longer well so I I to throw out one of my favorites one of my favorite all-time mystery thriller books uh-huh. is the da vinci code i just loved Ooh, that yeah, i love the combination of art and history and all that good stuff and i thought mm-hmm. when we were talking about this that about um red herrings being you know a, a technique to make a plot twist and like you were saying sometimes it can oh, be yeah. really subtle and you know all throughout that novel or the movie if you're a, a movie fan of it you mm-hmm. think that bishop remember bishop arango rosa is the red herring? You know, he mm-hmm. he's he think he's the villain, but he's he's actually. Oh he's yeah! Not. Oh don't you can't. Well, everybody's already. Seen I am pretty sure that. everyone has. <laughs> but I'm I'm gonna just say yeah. if they haven't, they're not gonna remember that no, name anyway. No, no, no. But it, you know, the, then then you have the surprise with Sir. Um, is it uh, t- uh, Lee Tibbing? Right, the the teacher, and that was kind of the. Oh that was yeah, a really yeah, good red yeah, herring, yeah, I thought. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, 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 don't oh. tell. Yeah. <laughs> if you have not watched. You know what? I was almost going to. Yeah, no, no, I know. Everybody's probably already read it. And they won't, and they won't no, remember. They won't. But it's a great example of a red herring. Because they'll be like, what was that mm-hmm. name? <laughs> it's yeah. a great example of a red herring being used for a plot twist, I always thought. so. Oh, yes. Those are good. Those yeah. are good. Yeah, there's endless, you know. I mean, I think that, um, that it would be really cool if, like, uh, maybe some of our listeners, like, other writers could tell us what their favorite ways of doing um, plot right. twists are. Or readers, um, they can reach tell out us your us. favorite plot twists that you of uh, or readers, yeah, what you've yeah. Read or watched. Yeah, yeah, and we're, we're both on we're on Facebook and Twitter. So our our handle is at gob writers, not gob writers. <laughs> well, it could be gob writers, but I I, I pronounce it I gob writers, yeah. and you can find us, you know, Twitter or Facebook that way, and and just. Let us know what you think of um, the plot twist. Love twists. it. Love it. Okay, so um, we've got two more books and some new wine, yep. right? <laughs> yes, yes. And what do you think? I really think Layer Cake's going on my shelf. I Along with a... these two books, because yes. both of them sounded great. So and, recap your um, title and your author. 
It's Ice Blonde by Elaine Veets. And mine is Defending Jacob by William Landay. And um, and the wine is Layer Cake Shiraz. And it has that mysterious mocha taste to it that we are enjoying. What was your price point on it in Florida? Um, I think it was around 14 Oh. $14.99. I think it was on sale. Okay, mine was ten ninety nine. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you are just so lucky! Up I know. There. I I am very I surprised that you're so lucky. Our, our wine, I, I really am. It's probably because I get a bulk discount or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a very nice bottle of wine. Well, sure. it's good. Yeah. Yes, I know, yeah. and it has a screw top. We like I that. Do like a then screw we don't top. have to worry about you know. Okay, everyone. So that's all for this episode of Game of Books, where we share food, wine, and mystery. If you liked listening. Please be sure to subscribe to us so you can get your food, wine, and mystery tips every Friday morning, just in time for the weekend. Yes, and talk to us on Twitter or Facebook at GOB Writers. We'd love to hear about your favorite plot twists or your favorite chocolate-covered insect, (laughs) whatever. Or buffet, (laughs) all-inclusive buffet. Yes, buffets, (laughs) yes. Um, Anyway, this is Christy and Kathy saying thanks for listening. Bye, Bye, everybody. everybody.